With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Antonio Brown episode of the Still City Insider podcast. Yes, it's number 84. I'm one of your hosts, Jeremy Ritz, alongside Mr. Jim Wexel. Jim, how are you this fine Tomlin Tuesday? I'm really good, Mr. Ritz. Um, (laughs) I'm really good. Uh, My birthday's tomorrow, so I'm very excited about turning 63. Wow. Happy, the happy Dur- birthday. The Dermani, epi- the Dermani Dawson episode begins for me tomorrow. We'll okay. finish the AP episode today. There we go. Well, I, s- I sent you a gift, but I think it should have been there by now. Maybe they just forgot to deliver it, but I Good. did send you something. Well, you know, uh, you could send an inside linebacker. I could I could rent one to the Steelers. And you know what, Jim? That, that's perfect because that's where I wanted to start today. That's Man, why the, I said Yeah, the Steelers uh, <laughs> must have some some bad luck at that position uh not just in previous years but this year's especially injury to cole holcomb uh i think it was last week or the week before and this week quant this past week quant alexander goes down with an achilles what did tomlin have to say about the injuries to the inside backers today well uh, not surprisingly the answer is not out there on the waiver wire scrappy uh i see a lot of tweets today people are amazed there's Tomlin says the answers are within well yeah I mean, were you going to go raid practice squads? Other teams, they, they've had their practice squad. They have a guy, Michael Walker, who played. He had 12 starts for Atlanta inside last year. I don't want to say inside. I'm unsure where he played. He was one of three linebackers in a 4-3. So, uh, in theory, they can all play inside. And he moved around all those three positions. And he says he's worn the green dot. And he has 20 starts and 49 games in three years. He's out uh, He's a 6'3", 232 out of uh, uh, Fresno State, a fourth-round pick in 2020 and by the Falcons. And that's where he stayed. And then he's, this is a third practice squad he's been on this year. He, um, he was signed two weeks ago, a okay. uh, little, little more than two weeks ago. So that's what he has here. And uh, the other guy uh, off the practice squad last week was uh, Tariq Carpenter, who's more of a hybrid. And so they'll uh, they can they can consider him, but as Tomlin said, the Browns won't allow subpack much subpackage, which is perfect. We'll see that as being a problem for the Steelers at all. 
because they have no coverage linebackers. Quan and um, Holcomb were the coverage guys. Yeah. So Landon and gives a lot, gives game effort, man. He, he's a tough guy. And um, Mark Robinson, you know, he's a downhill guy. They're more run stuffers. And I, I'm unsure of Michael Walker. I've never watched him play. But, um, you know, if, if they don't have to worry about coverage as much, uh, they will with the tight ends, I'm sure. Yeah. And, put it on. and Keanu Neal seems like he'll be out. Minka, it sounds like he'll be out. We can get into the hamstring boys if you want. Yeah, yeah. The speaking of uh, hamstrings, the hamstring bros. Uh. Well, let let me let me finish one more inside linebacker that Tomlin said no to last week, and that's Nick Herbig. You know, I've I've pushed him. Uh, the draft analyst said he was an inside linebacker, projected inside linebacker coming up, and uh, he's an outside linebacker. So he gets here. He doesn't have T.J. Watt's length. And that's why he's 6'2", 240, 31 and a quarter inch arms, kind of small. So you assume he can't get around the edge as well as a TJ or those long edge rushers, but he does. And he showed he showed right away that he can. So he is an outside linebacker, but still the size. Uh, and and they used him in pass coverage drills at training camp. He was downfield covering better than better than the others that I saw. In my estimation, I don't know what Tom wanted to do. Aaron Curry are looking for exactly inside linebacker college. He was running with the running with people deep. He looks like the guy to me, and it's that gets him on the field. People are talking about T.J. Watt getting on the field. How about Nick Herbig getting on the field with T.J. and Alex Heisman? And um, the other thing about Nick Herbig, somebody uh, I forget, I think it was on Twitter, somebody compared him to Chad Brown. Chad Brown came out of Colorado as a defensive end, and Tom Donahoe told me for my book on the clock that they projected him in, inside. But they drafted him 6'2", 236. Herbig 6'2", 240. Uh, Herbig ran a 4'6", 540. Chad Brown ran a 4'8", 5, and he didn't play that slow. Yeah, And that's probably why they got a good pass rusher like that. In the second round, they traded up for him. They traded a fourth round pick to get up. For him. Um, so anyway, they, uh, uh, they compared him to Jack Ham. They thought he was Jack Ham before the draft. You know, that that's the comparison. They didn't think yeah. he was Jack Ham. But um, uh, then uh, they interviewed him when they when they drafted him. They brought him in for an intense interview to see uh, about his knowledge inside. And Chad Brown really impressed Marvin Lewis with his knowledge of the game. So they went out and signed Kevin Green the next day to be an outside linebacker because they determined they were going to move Chad Brown inside. Well, Chad still started. He was still seven seven games. He was the um, third down edge rusher. Mm -hmm. He was still an edge rusher. And then Jerry Olsavsky got hurt in game seven. And Chad Brown went to inside linebacker and was great. Then when Greg Lloyd got hurt a couple years later, he went to outside linebacker and was a pro bowler, probably an all pro and got a huge contract with Seattle and left. Yeah. Man, the similarities are eerie with Nick Herbig. And I would hate for them to just waste Nick, you know, thinking that he he can't assimilate two different positions as a rookie. Hey, and maybe they know better than I. Maybe they have given him that test of inside linebacker knowledge that they gave Chad Brown. And maybe Nick isn't a natural like Chad was. 
But I think it's someone that's very interesting to look at. Uh, I would love to see him work in there and practice a little bit. Yeah. Well, maybe prior to this week, it wasn't on the table because there wasn't a need. But now that there there's another injury that's significant, it changes the the scenario and you have to adapt and be flexible. So potentially maybe we do see that. Very good point, Jeremy. Yeah. Yep. All right. What, what, so, what is that saying? What is that saying about the I mother of invention? To, yeah, I was necessity. trying to think necessity. necessity is the mother of invention. There we go. That's it. And and we're going to invent Nick Herbig inside. There we go. All right. Speaking of uh, injuries, uh, you you mentioned the hamstring bros, um, Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, any update on Minka? And then Pat, Pat Freyer-Muth. Well, I don't know why that's so hard for me. Any update on on Pat? Um, it sounds like Freyer-Muth is coming back. Okay. Okay. Um, and it doesn't sound like Minka is because he's battling is the word that Tomlin used today. And battling means we'll leave the light on as you battle. Yeah. And that means doubtful. And um, so, but it sounds like Friar Muth is coming back. You you really got me messed up with that name too. Stop, <laughs> stop saying his name. Stop saying you're messing it up. Stop saying anything about him until I'm, he scores a touchdown. I'm just going to say that tight end from Penn state. That's all the tight end from Penn state. So that should be beneficial, help out this passing game. And I do want to spend some time talking about that. Before we get there, uh, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about this rushing attack, 166 yards uh, the week before, 205 this weekend against the Packers. Two-headed monster. You got Jalen Warren, uh, that the thunder to Najee's lightning, or maybe I've got it backwards. But can they keep it going this week against a stout Cleveland defense? Well, at least they got Jalen Warren up to the equal number of carries just about as the slow guy. You can call him Thunder if you wish. I'll call him the slow guy. <laughs> the the worst back. You know, play Jalen more. This isn't a one-two punch. You think Najee's softening them up for Jalen? Get the better running back in there. I mean, Tomlin's doing a good job of elevating. Now let's take the final step and get your better running back in the game. All the time, or as often as possible. You know, they do need rests. It's a tough call for a head coach. Mm -hmm. It's tough, but that's why he gets all the money. He has to do those jobs. And, I mean, look at the line. Look at those holes last week. Yeah. Fitzgerald Toussaint could have run through those holes. (laughs) Oh, there's a throwback. (laughs) I threw him out there on Twitter. There were angry replies. But, uh. I mean, the, the offensive line is coming together. It's great. It's funny. I, I I wrote about this in the column. I They had the alumni in last week, and I got to talk to Pouncey. Man, he is so energetic. He fired me up for the game, gives me a big hug. And Hardings and Fanica is cool. Matt Spath was there. Uh, um, Marcus Gilbert. I mean, that's when the old line – had character. They were good and they were the heart and soul of the locker room. They were the leaders. And I thought about this offensive line and I said, you know, they're they're struggling. They're really not leaders inside. But after the game, I kind of changed my tune on that. You know, Siamalu is a leader, a quiet leader, and he has a lot of good insight. He doesn't like to talk to the media, but he will. And it's like pulling teeth at first, but he gets warmed up and he's He's the leader. 
And James Daniels at right guard has leadership qualities. We saw that when they signed him. He had a great game. I don't know what pro football focus is rating these guys. I'm going by my eye test. Yeah. I thought James Daniels played well. And man, Broderick Jones. I mean, what more do you need to say about that dude? Yeah. Second level, pulling, pass blocking. It's just, uh, it's been fantastic. And now Dan Moore, Mason Cole had his best game. Mason Cole had a big block on for Najee Harris's uh, 24-yard run. It, it it and and then after the game to hear those guys going on it really flashed me back to a line that was the heart and soul a couple of lines the Harding's Fanica line before the the Castro Pouncey line heart and soul of the locker room the keepers of the locker room yeah this line's developing that and the better they play the more confidence they're going to have and that's going to help the quarterback yeah yeah. And, and, you know, you look at Cleveland. Last five games, Cleveland's given up 4.2 per carry. The same metric was used last week. Green Bay was giving up 3.8, and they got gashed. The week before, Tennessee was giving up 4.2 in their five games previous. So that's equal to what the Browns are giving up. People are running on the Browns. Yeah. And um, I don't see why the Steelers can't. So, so what are, yeah. So what are we just looking at that offensive line, looking at the struggle struggles that they had early in the season? And I hate to pinpoint a catalyst, but was it the addition of Jones to the starting lineup that really set off this improvement in play? Or was it a host of other factors just all lining up at the same time? It, it's it's pl- cohesion playing together, you know, for Ciamalo and all those guys. Uh, you know, last last year it was a totally new line. That's why it's so difficult to criticize their lack of playoff success, their lack of offense success, when they had a 39-year-old quarterback with an offensive line that was also like a 39-year-old quarterback on its last yeah. legs. Then that got line got totally refurbished last year, but it wasn't finished, and they had no cohesion. Now they add a couple more pieces. Now you're starting to see it. Now the team's coming together. And the rookie quarterback's now in his second year, coming off uh, a rib injury, so we should give him a little grace these last couple weeks. Uh, I mean, it's not as bad as people want to think. Then again, you know, they could easily lose these two games coming up. Cincinnati's going to be very difficult playing on 10 days rest. Mm -hmm. And uh, Cleveland's got revenge. But I look at Cleveland's numbers. The last five games, I handicapped this before we came on. There's ugly numbers here. Steelers have the better pass secondary. Hard to believe. Wow. I do believe. know Newsom was out last week. They're, they're, they, have, they have two shutdown corners. Newsom was out, and then Ward got hurt. Mm-hmm. And the Ravens, 223 yards on 13 completions. There were some big plays there. Um, the week before, they – you know, there's a there's a 58 yard passing game by Arizona's McClune, who was a stopgap quarterback. Mm-hmm. Nobody, he had 58 yards. So that's even factored into these bad numbers. Yeah. And so there's been some really bad secondary play. Indy carved them up, 305 yards on 15 completions. Wow. That's like what is that 15 yards a, a catch? So the Steelers, who've been struggling all year, they're dead last in the league in. Yards per reception allowed. They're always 
getting killed in that number as I handicap these games. They have the better number, 12.7. Cleveland's at 13.0. Apparently, they're getting Denzel Ward back. Okay. So, I mean, Cleveland's coming off an emotional victory over the Ravens. Those divisional games always carry some type of residual impact into the next game. However, you did mention what I talked about before we got on air, and that's the Steelers passing game. We wanted to address the, the strength of the running attack here. But you would think that in order for this team to continue to improve, we have to get better output from Kenny Pickett. And 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 assessing that passing game, it looks like we're we're look. I'm I'm acting like I'm part of the, this organization, but the team is attacking the the edges of the field, the short dump dump offs, but is not attacking the middle of the field. Kenny just doesn't look confident back there or or settled. What what's your take on the passing attack? How can it improve? Does it start this weekend? You know, when he has to throw over the middle, he does. And man, he nailed Pickens for what should have been the game sealer over the middle. Um, Deontay, he had Deontay open. It's not scheme. Now, he may be taking cautionary notes from the coach and it may resonate with Kenny. He's not, he hasn't thrown a pick in four games. He's only only four picks all year. And that's helpful. Uh, so um he needs more confidence. Give him, give him some time. Get him out of that rib injury situation. Let him trust this line a little more. Let this line continue to play well. And let that running game continue to, to gash teams. So I think all of that will help come together, plus the return of your boy Fryer Muth. That will help the middle of the field, I would that, hope. That tight end from Penn State. Yes, he he could definitely be a, a help and an uplift for this offense. And just talking about what we've seen so far this year, six and three, is this style of play sustainable in order for this team to, to continue winning? Can they use this methodology to make it into the postseason as a wild card or win the division? Is it sustainable? What, what exactly is the methodology? I mean, sloppy. Play, good, play great red zone defense. It's not sloppy. They're not turning the ball over, not committing really – a lot of penalties. Uh, the quarterback is is not throwing picks. He's not throwing a lot of completions. But the running game is improved. Uh, this, the, you know, the secondary still has to get better, and it will. And Mink is going to come back eventually. I suppose Mink will be back for Cincy. They'll probably need him more against Cincy than Cleveland anyway. And uh, Joey Porter Jr. is just going to get better every week. Mm-hmm. And Peterson's starting to understand his role better. Um. They're starting to, I think, maybe realize Keanu Neal is not playing that well as a strong safety. Maybe he's maybe he's more of a linebacker, but once Mink comes back, they won't have to worry too much about that. Yeah, uh, and they're still going to need another piece next year, corner. So the corner, the the secondary still has a lot to improve and can it really can this year, especially with Mink back. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it's just. It's just playing good defense. They get into the red zone, and the secondary doesn't have to worry about getting beat over the top, I guess. Yeah. You know, Joey Porter's long arms, that shuts down half the field over there. You're not <laughs> getting any fades over on over him. Yeah. So that's that's one part. The defense is rugged. Uh, and, and, you know, the hope is they can they can be as rugged without Quan and Cole Holcomb, who are really playing well. Yeah. Landon Roberts plays well, too, but he can't cover like those two guys can. So when we we bring all this together, Jim, and we wrap we wrap up this episode going into Cleveland, can the Steelers 
come out of this seven and three in a spot where they're headed into Cincinnati uh, and able to stay undefeated in the division and continue to contend for an AFC North championship? Can they pull it out this weekend? I, I took the four points. I, I just took it after I did this. Not these numbers. I like when I'm surprised by handicapping. I, I thought for sure the, the, the Browns would have much better numbers these last five games. I just roll it on on a five game basis. Tells you how they're playing right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, Steelers are better at the line of scrimmage, which surprised me. Better in the past secondary, which shocked me. And much better in the efficiency numbers. I. I do a stat for um, yards per point. Mm-hmm. The Steelers, you need 22 yards a point, to, 22 yards to score one point against the Steelers. That's a lot. The Browns, for instance, are 12.7. Maybe they don't give up a lot of yards, but they give up points. Mm-hmm. Once you get in there, that red zone, you can score on them, and that's not the Steelers' uh, way. The Steelers are much better in uh, scoring efficiency. I, I like I I I think the Steelers will shock them. They could lose because the Browns have revenge. It's at Cleveland. Uh, Miles Garrett will be there. Denzel Ward's coming back. I don't know about the quarterback if, if he's injured or not, but he's not that good anyways. Their backup is close to as good as he is. I don't know, man. Steelers got a chance. Yeah, I think the, and then the- they they win that game, then they can lose Thursday night in Cincy. Don't even bring Minka back for that one. Yeah, let him let him rest. I think I think the best recipe heading into Cleveland, the fact that this running game is getting ramped up. If you can go in there and I'll bring up the term we talked about over the summer, bully ball. You play bully ball, yeah. and you just punch him right in the mouth and you wear him out. I think that's their best best ticket to to the victory. So I agree. I agree. Let Broderick Jones loose on him. Yep. Let the, loosen loose the Kraken. And you know TJ's gonna want going to want to get get home a few times uh regardless who's playing quarterback i know watson's uh status is up in the air for this weekend but uh there's going to be it's going to be a little charge miles garrett tj watt even though opposite well, sides miles garrett ball. just by the same token miles garrett's going to want to get there too oh yeah yeah that's to just run the ball protect kenny yeah give it to fitzgerald Toussaint and back on i still he i remember when he fumbled in that denver game darn it they had a chance they had a chance that year. Ah, wow, my son was, uh, I think, one. Son, how, how fast time flies. <laughs> and what do you know? It's the end of episode 84. Speaking of flying time. <laughs> That's it, Jim. Anything else you want to uh, hit on before we wrap up? Nope. Nope. I'm good. All right. Well, that send is it. Send people home. All right. We're going to send everybody home. That's it for episode 84. We'll see you back here next week for 85. Check out Jim's work on the Still City Insider. Give him a follow on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Jim Wexel. You can check me out on X at Still Study. And we will see you back here next week for episode number 85 of the Still City Insider podcast. Take care, everyone.